This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to read. I'm going to read a bunch of questions, and by a show of hands, because we can't answer all these questions, we'll be here for a long time. Um, by a show of hands, we're going to pick which questions the crowd wants us to answer. We have a, a bunch of questions, so I'm going to read through the questions, and then I'll ask just for a show of hands, and we'll figure out which questions we should. We should deal with. Okay, so the first question is like this. Um, at what age should we start getting concerned about our kids not loving to daven? Should I bribe my, should I bribe my children? Should I bribe them to daven? Okay, that's the first question. The second question is, how do I explain to my kids that we don't eat all hekshayrim? We don't eat all hekshayrim even though he sees other Jews from the community eating it. So, you know, why do, why do I have to eat a Chal Yisrael? Why can't they eat from the OU? Like, other kids eat from the OU. So, what do you tell your children? Like, you can't tell your children that the other people are not the Shkatsin, right? So, what do we do about that? My Bacha learns in the yeshiva of the community, but is struggling there. Should I send him to a different yeshiva? Once he's not in the community's yeshiva, he'll feel second class. My son came home from Kader. Oh, uh, this is my favorite question of all the questions. Um, your child comes home. Let's say, let's say your daughter, your daughter comes home and he, and she comes to her father. She says, "Tati, I have a very important secret to tell you, but I'll only tell it to you on on one condition: you don't tell mommy." Okay, so the one child is telling, it could be the other way around, it could be, you're, you're where are we going? <laughs> I was once in LA giving a speech, a true story, in Eshat Torah, and all of a sudden the floor started moving, and everybody started whispering to each other, and I didn't know what was going on, and Mama Shashot, the floor was shaking, and after the shear, they told me, like, how come you didn't panic? I said, what happened? They said, it was an earthquake. It's true. It was an earthquake. I thought that's what it just felt like right now. <laughs> and I explained to them that I daven in Shemr Shabbos and Bar Park all the time, and every two minutes the whole shul shakes under the L. So I was like, I was used to it. But this is a very big question. So maybe, maybe we're going to start with this question, Rabbi. The question is like this: What a child comes home and tells one parent, right? Comes home, your daughter comes home and says, Tati, something very important I need to tell you, but I cannot tell it to you. Unless you promise you won't tell mommy. How does, do you say, I'm sorry, whatever you tell me, me and mommy are one? Or do you say, at least she's willing to tell one person, so I'm going to listen to what she has to say and I won't tell mommy. So I'll let you open with uh, what you think. And this happens a lot. (laughs) What did you mean? What age are we dealing with? Teenager. Teenager? I prefer mommy and me are one. A what? Mommy and me are one. Right. And if it's something which is private or intimate, I will keep it with you. Because this is your privacy for being a person. But if it's something that has to do, you know, with other things, me and mommy are one. And uh, I have to tell mommy. That's, that's my general approach with this, this age, usually. It has to do with his own private issues, which are, you know, things that he went through that I can understand. So, I tell you privacy. 
But if not, so he, he, he should also understand, I'm not saying it to mommy, not because I'm not one with her, because it's a private, intimate issue, that is why I do it. So it doesn't hurt the one unit, and still gives him the respect. How would you explain to everyone what is an intimate, what would be an intimate issue? In other words, let's say she, again, we don't know, she's not telling us what it is. Mm-hmm. So let's say she's talking to a boy, and she, she wants to tell her father about it, but she doesn't want her mother to know this. Is that considered an intimate issue? Because if the mother ever finds out that you knew and you didn't tell her... I agree. I'm, I'm for the Shalom Baz before everything. I still hold to that. Uh, my answer was correct to a boy who should probably share an intimate thing with me, but a girl, when it's intimate, she's, thinking that she's going through with her body or anything, uh, she would share with her mother, not with me. I'll accept that. I will always say Mama and Tati are one. I also want to add a bit that usually the older kids, the first one, the Bechoyim, they have this tendency to try and put mommy and daddy apart. It's an inner thing we see a lot. I believe and know that the strongest thing you can subconsciously put into a person, a kid, me and mommy are one. At the end of the day, it's the best for him. That's who I see. Okay. Um, so, we spent a very long time on Pesach. We had asked the rabbi on this question. And I, I think there, I think, I, I, happen, I happen to agree with the rabbi. Um, because from a chinuch point of view, from a chinuch point of view, if your daughter, we, we'll, we'll, we'll say a story with a daughter. She comes to her father and something I, I want to tell you, but you can't tell mommy. So from a chinuch point of view, if I talk and let her tell me and I don't tell mommy, she knows her whole life that I kept a secret from my wife. So when she gets married, she will have no problem keeping secrets from her husband. Madach, my father, kept a secret from mommy, so I surely could keep a secret from my husband. So from a chinna point of view, and that's where I usually come from, I said to the crowd that if it was my daughter, I would tell her, listen, at the end of the day, um, me and mommy are one, and... So the therapist that was on the board, there were seven of us. The therapist got up and said, in today's day and age, that a child is willing to tell a secret to one parent, you are so lucky because if the father turns her away and says, either I tell mommy or it's not going to happen, she's now going to tell that secret to someone. And that someone might not be as healthy as her parent and give the wrong information. So the therapist got up and said, Well, it's very nice, it's chinach and everything, but Lamaisa, this kid, this kid's telling you, I have something, I have something I need to talk to you about, and you're turning her away. And the whole crowd went kukuruku, and everybody was like, the guys were like, my daughter comes, I'm keeping a secret from my wife, and the wives were screaming, no what are you way. talking about? No way, what do you mean? If I find out you, you and, and, and your daughter kept the secret from me, have a good day, then I'm going to keep my secrets. I got very levitic. Um, so at the end of the day, what, what, what will we do? What we do in today's day and age. So that girl, that kid's going to either go online or go somewhere to say that, tell that secret, and Chastra Shalom, who knows what they're going to tell that secret to? So at least, maybe on the other side, at least the father, right? So a lot of people said, a lot of the guys said, that um, I'll tell her, I'll tell her that I'm not going to say anything, and then I'll tell mommy and I'll tell her not to say anything. If ever the child ever finds out, you're trusted over. No, she doesn't know. The child doesn't know that you, that you, 
you tell your wife, <coughs> don't tell her that I told you, so the child will never know that you broke her trust. So from what, what, what do you answer the child? When she said, don't tell mommy, what's the answer to the child? I'm not going to tell mommy. Now you let her tell you. No, but they, you, lost, you, lost, you lost the other half. The minute you tell her, I'm not going to tell mommy, you lost the chinuch. That part of it, that part of it. You can't do it. It's a very tough question, by the way. I, I want to say. I took the hardest question. That's the hardest question. That's a. You know, I, I looked before at the questions. He told me about this thing. I don't know him. It's the first time I have this good to see with him. They tell you, the son is a fighter. I said to him, he's going to choose this question. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know him, but he's a big one. Yeah. But we agree. It's it's very tough. It's. I, I want to tell you the mindset. I would still stick because I would, I would put. Many people disagree. It's psychological, but I really believe. Hashem is one and he wants the koyach of the Kedusha to be at home and this is the first thing in a chanami if I have a good connection with the kid during the years uh, he will try doing it when he's younger who doesn't succeed he's not going to try doing it when he's older Cat catching the 17 year old and asking the question from the point of 17 is uh, is question but it does, it's not supposed to be happening if there's a good connection before those things maybe happen when they're 11, 12 when you're solid it won't be happening again and you cut twice. You went twice. It's very rare that there's no connection. And this some some sometimes someday the kid comes at 16, 17, there was no connection and he wants to share a secret. Where were you all these years? No, but it could be that there's a connection. A lot of people said that sometimes my mother, she's gonna just react, she's gonna go crazy, right? So I'd rather tell my father and because my mother just she's very emotional and she's gonna or vice versa. Sometimes boys tell their mother's secrets not to tell their father because Tati's going to punish me and Tati's going to do this so it's not it's not coming from because they don't have a relationship it's because the father Taka will react very differently than the mother if you if react to the age of 17 it means the boy has no trust in his father to be containing his emotions this has to be dealt years before but there are there are there are, there are questions when you're 16, 17 that, that you don't ask when you're a little... Uh, hello, this happens with married couples too, where, where a married couple will come, let's say, a man's daughter, she's married, she's having certain situations. She's like, I can't tell mommy about this because mommy doesn't like him anyway, right? But Tati, I need to talk to you about this. If you tell it to mommy, she'll never let him into the house again. So there, there, it doesn't have to be 13. It could be 20, 30, 40. It, so so, so the, the, the question is... Knowing that my father's keeping a secret or my mother's keeping a secret, it, it, I sort of split them, like you said. I split my parents, and I, it empowers me. I have a secret with Tati that every time I come home, I know mommy doesn't know. So it sort of empowers me. It's like me and Tati against mommy. Mommy doesn't know we have very this little thing going on. Right, so it's very dangerous in the Chinook point of view. But the therapeutic world is like, you're so lucky she's coming to you. Don't push her away. Right, so third person, the third person doesn't answer this question. If she's willing to go to a third person, not answering this question. We're, we're just going to ask this side. Yeah, what, what? Right, you have to stand up. They don't hear you. If you tell your mother that she really knows your father, she marries somebody, she's your father, then she'll know how to say it, knowing that he won't blow up at you. And then, yeah. Right, so what, what she's saying is, but, but, 
it doesn't work here because the child is very quick. If you're going to say to the child, tell me, tell me the secret, and I will tell, talk to mommy, and I'll present it, the child's like, no, you cannot tell this to mommy. And there are certain things that, yes, fathers and mothers react differently. So at the end of the day, the two rabbis up here are not going therapeutic. We're going chinuch, and that what's got my opinion. That's how I ended in, in what I said. Is my opinion is if this kid does this once, and her father keeps a secret from his mother, she will keep coming back. She will pretty much not talk to her mother anymore because now she doesn't have to. She can tell her father everything. And so my yes, there is a danger that they're going to go somewhere else. You have to try to explain to them that me and mommy have a marriage, and and that. If you tell me what you tell me, and I agree that, you know, because sometimes, right, not knowing is not a lie. In other words, I, I don't need to tell you everything bad so that you get, you know, men, you can tell them something. I'll just, just very fast. There's a mission in Pigalvis, right? The mission says, I'll tell it to Misha. Don't get annoyed. You shouldn't talk a lot to women. That's talking about, that's talking about Ishtoy. Talking about his wife. Kabbalah, other women. So, in the therapeutic world, they don't like that mission because what is it? Heat. Right, right. Yeah, right. Which so, way changes the. Right, yeah, well, you. That's why I left you on this side. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I, sat for, I sat down first. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> so, so everyone's upset about that mission. What do you mean? You, if you don't have Shalom bias, you go to a therapist. The first thing the therapist says communications. You got to talk more to your wife. The mission says, Ishtoy, I'll tell you Ishtoy. You shouldn't talk a lot to your wife. How could that be? So the Mepharshim say, no, that's not what it means. It means, when you come home from shul, don't tell your wife, right? Don't talk too much. Don't tell your wife, you know, the Rav embarrassed me in front of everyone today. I was talking. He mamish pulled me out in front of everyone, and he embarrassed me. Now, the next day, you're going to go back to shul. There's a kiddush. The Rav made l'chayim. Your best friends, you forgave him. Your wife's like, you are never stepping into the shul again. <laughs> Finished. And my kids, and, and I never liked this place, and it's, and it's over. She will not forgive. So he says, Al-Tar doesn't mean don't talk a lot. Don't, add, don't tell her things that are not important. Because women are much more unforgiven than, than our men. So you're going to just tell her something about someone who said something about your kid, right? Stop red, and the next day you're their best friend. She is never going to let go. So, so over here, when it comes to right, you, and you ask your child, can you know? I, I'm, I'm, I, I, can I tell mommy if I think it's very important? Whatever it is, the kid, if it's a secret, going to say, Tati, whatever I'm telling you, I'm telling you beforehand. You cannot say, mommy will never forget this. She will, she'll bring it up to me in 20 years from now. So you cannot tell mommy, right? And and the question is, do you turn that child away? It's a very big question, and it happens. Are there are people in this room thinking, oh my gosh, this happens. I have this secret from my husband about my boy that he comes to me all the time. And like, what should I do? So it's, it's probably the best. It's, it's, I don't know that there's a right answer. I think it's the right chinuch answer, and I think it's the right therapy answer. I think, I think, I think if I may say that, uh, again, I'm answer, but before, so we make the investment to be connected to our kids when they're young. Uh, the most strongest thing that works is the hard yeah, is to throw away and uh, I'm not Dastri or maybe Rav is Dastri but, no, no. but I'm saying for, I'm not what I'm saying the pastures and I go with it because I tell them nicely me and Nami are one I don't explain no explanations I feel it 
Mrs. Emmons and the boy feels it. Me and mommy are one. So I'm not going to tell you. It, really, it hurts me. I really want to hear you. I really want to be there for you. But not without mommy. I'm sorry. That's great. That's no. But every generation no. is so different. This generation no. okay. gives you they but, put, if, if the child wants to come and express themselves to you, listen. The damage, the damage. Right, so, 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 right, I'll try to explain because not everyone hears what she just said. So in the audience, a young lady is saying that in this generation, who knows what this secret is? Maybe someone caused trauma to this kid. And they want to tell their father about it. And they don't think their mother can handle it. So that in this generation, maybe you have to sacrifice that relationship, husband-wife, to listen to the kid. On the other hand... Show them in a different way how much you, you respect your wife. No, I disagree with that. I disagree with that. I'm not moving from this point. Wait. I'm not moving from this point. He's a client. You're a client, right? <laughs> Me too. We're both behind. Uh. They put two Kahanam up here. When they call me, yes, I tell them, say, Kohen Krav, you're almost Kohen Krav, it's bad, you know, Kohen Krav, you're almost... Anyway, so... Krav, it's bad. However, um, I'm not... I know many uh, therapists are going to disagree with me, but I think the inner MSDK point is stronger than everything, and at the end of the day, if you hold it by MSDK, you have the Siyata, the Shmaya, to pull what you have to pull it, and you can tell your kid, listen... If it's a grown-up, me and mommy are one. I still really want to. Maybe I can send you somebody to talk to. I want to be the one. But me and mommy are one. When he hears these words again and again, you're giving him a gift for life. A gift for life. You cannot avoid him seeing what he sees, but you can help him for life contain unity. You will not be able to avoid him seeing in the streets. So this he won't tell you. But he has his secrets. Please, you know that. He's 17. Who says... All his secrets, but the koyach of Eichod he will not get outside ever, never. What he gave him is what he gave him. That's why I take this line. Excuse me, you can't say the only reason I won't tell mommy is because I want to protect. I would ask no. you, can't no. Say no. That? no, no, no. I would ask the same question. All right, we're gonna go to the next part. We're gonna go. We don't want to get. We don't want to get. We don't want to get into a personal discussion again. This is ask the rabbi. Doesn't mean you have to do what we think. Yeah, the danger, the danger here is the danger here is that this child is walking around knowing that the shalom bias of his parents, right? The shalom that his that every time this girl looks at her father, sort of like. Me and my father know something. My mom, my mother doesn't, and that is a very unhealthy way to grow up. You cannot mend very you cannot unhealthy way to grow up. And then you get married, and you have all your secrets, and and it just continues and continues and continues. And that person, I have to tell you that that person who did that, who did, who had the secret, the girl had the secret with her father from her mother. If her child would ever do that to her. And you know what goes around comes around in this world, right? She would be unforgiven, unforgiving. And there's another part that we didn't talk about, and that's the part of the wife in this story. If the wife ever finds out that he knew from his daughter something and he kept it a secret from her, his shalom bias is over. Why do you have a right to sacrifice your shalom bias? Because maybe this child 
has something that that you need to hear. You you you're if you I don't know too many women that let's just give the example. A girl, a girl comes to her father and says, um, I have to let you know that behind your back I was talking to a boy. Okay? And we like each other. And maybe you could get a shotgun to read it so it looks like it's a shidduch. And I think that I, re- I really want to marry him. But you cannot tell mommy that we know each other from before the shidduch because she will, she will go crazy and she will break it up. If that woman ever finds out 20 years later, her son-in-law says, by the way, you know we knew each other. You know? <laughs> and, he would, right? and she will find out because, because the mission says whatever you say in secret, it will come out. She, she will, she, the marriage will never ever be the same. So you're taking such a chance with this situation that you, you're taking a chance with your own shalom bias. Now, when we said this in, 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 at the Pesach program, a person got up and said, well then you never had shalom bias. If that's gonna break the shalom bias, then you never had shalom bias. If she can't be macabre that you did something for your child, then maybe your shalom bias isn't where it's at anyway. And then all the ladies start screaming, the guys start screaming, whatever it is, and we went to the next question, that's what we're gonna do. We'll go to the next question. <laughs> all right. It's, hello, this is a question. This is why we do ask the rabbi. It doesn't really, it has, and you're going to go home, and you're going to talk to your husband, and you're going to have a discussion, and you're going to walk in there, and you're going to say, well, Steve, what? see, the good part about it is that we're both on the same page. So you can't say, this guy's right, and this guy's not right, whatever Sorry. it is. We're both on the same page. But it's something to, well, these questions are not, you know, should you drink, eat vanilla or eat chocolate? These are questions to make you think. It's a very big question. Rabbi, you want to pick the next question? I'll give you the word because uh, my English is not that good to be reading with oh, you, so you Okay. Do Let's see. Um... Oh, this is a good one. I trust you will think the heavy one. How much chutzpah should I ignore when and where is the red when and where is the red line? Is this about husband to wife or kids? Okay, anyway. <laughs> so the question is, how much chutzpah do I ignore for my children um, before I just say that's it? We're done. What age? These are, these are all questions. Well, no, this is a question actually about young kids. I, I guess what this is today is from, from, from five to to, to, to to twenty. I don't know. To... I would divide it. Ignoring chutzpah, I see them. I never ignore. How to relate to it is different with the ages. I will always tell my, my kid, never shout him. If he says something, say it in a different way. Uh, Say it in a different way, or else we don't have a and 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 the boy we don't talk. When it's a kid, five years old, you can't say it, say it a different way. He's all angry, so you let him pull the anger. And at a certain point, then you answer him. You shouldn't talk to him like this to mommy. But A B C. That's how I do. You shouldn't have no chutzpah anyhow. That you relate to it in an accurate way, in an accurate way with the age that he should hear by your reaction that you're not under pressure from chutzpah, but it's not appropriate to do. And you relate to it in the right way. And by not running away, you chutzpah, come out talking to you, think it's going to do more. Say to him, oh, you're in pain, say it again. <clears throat> say it again, or you want to talk afterwards. You can say anything you want. Chubadik will talk. That's a backwards and forwards, and it works. I saw it working. That's the way I see it. You don't ignore it. And teenagers? Teenagers, that you respect their, I see you have a big question, but it's not the way to say it. I don't care what's the way to say it. 
you know, you don't care what I do. When you want to put it down to talk, I'm here for you. I never run away. I never close the door. I never ignore is closing the door. I'm here for the fight or for the hug, but in the right way. So he knows that is not afraid for me. I don't have to be chutzpahik for him to listen to me. He's not running away, and he can repeat it ten times. Say it again. Okay, say it again. Sometimes he goes away. Same afternoon, he wanted to say something. What do you want to say? I'm never let go until it comes to the right point. Do you, do you punish him? In other words, he's calling your wife all kinds of names, right? Yeah. So, do you punish him for doing that? Like, what, what, what's your reaction to it? You have to, you have to. You have to stand up for your wife, or even if he's calling you names. I think that's what the question here is. In other words, how do you, do you put him in his room? Do you ignore him? What, what do you do? This kid is being a mechutzif. How, how do you react? Depends on the age. Right. If he's a teenager, I hope nobody has this. Yeah, but if, uh, if saying, Chazashon cursing, saying names, my answer is to him, until you say sorry to your mother, and apologize, and then say what you have to say. And I will repeat this in this tone. Listen, until you say sorry to your mother. You don't have, what what else is he talking to you? He's, scream, he's screaming at you, not your wife. He's having chutzpah towards you. It's a, it's a one-on-one confrontation. How do you bring him down? What do you do? Do you punish him? Do you no. talk him down? Do no. you? I'm very solid. I never, I don't get nervous from the inside. Look at him in the eyes. So listen, I love you. When you want to talk to me, I'm here for you. Not that way. You Maybe I am, but I want to talk to you. I'm not good. Maybe. But if you want to talk, I'm here for you. It's an appropriate way to talk. It brings the kids inner stability. Bomberic. At a certain point, boom. And then, if he's an emotional little kid, and he's going wild, 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 you can say to him, I'm not going to answer you now until, but ignoring completely, I don't ignore. Punishment, maybe, but not in a, not a physical, but same thing, if you're, you're going to carry on that way, you're not going to get something kids are going to get a candy or not it's taking preventing him from something um, I can say to the parents here that the most biggest mistake to do is get in pressure to get in so it's for you to become in pressure. in pressure inside not from the outside also inside you know, we're all like from the outside inside if you're boiling he feels that you breathe in it's a kid he's your achayas Baruch Hashem is wild. Baruch Hashem has a tzoyness. Baruch Hashem, he shoots every red sea. He's healthy. He's healthy. Can I hear a shoot? But I'm not here to bend down. I'm for you. And this I'm for you thing, if it's come comes from inside, it works. And if you do it a couple of times, it's never going to be chutzpahdik again. This is not a scenario when it's real time. Yes. Everything is here, not a real time. But you can say to me, Abichar, very nice. Let's see, doing it to your son. Ask him. Uh, it took me time. But yeah, it's easy to say, I agree. Like what Robert Austin said, it's, it's you go home, you talk it over, you work it inside out. First time you fail, second time you... T- until it works. It's up. It's not just, okay. And it's up. It's- I'm sure all your fathers did that, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that is why you're here. <laughs> they breathed in, you know, they thought about it. You got therapy, left and right. Yeah, okay. Um, so I, I just want to add to that... Um, the way it works with energy, so when someone's yelling at you, right? The chutzpah kid is yelling at you, or screaming at you, so they're expending a certain amount of energy. What gives them the energy to continue yelling at you? When you yell back, they take that energy, 
that you're yelling back, your energy, and then they throw it back at you again. And this continues. Chatzvashon between husband and wife and an argument. In an argument, the energies that go back and forth is really each one is feeding the other one. In the energy world, the way you act with, with, with anger and temper is this person is throwing all this energy at me. Sort of what the rabbi was saying. I'm absorbing it, but I'm not giving them back anything. I'm like, I hear you. You don't have to scream. You don't have to yell. And if you're going to scream and yell, I just, we're not going to have this discussion. And I'm not saying ignoring, but I'm, I'm walking away from this. I'm not giving, I'm not expending my energy. And what happens is the other person doesn't have the energy to come back to you. They gave you all that energy. You gave them back nothing in a fight. And it's something that I learned and it really, really works. It really, really works. Fighting, the energy is back and forth. Each one is sending it back and back and back and back. So sort of what the rabbis say, he looks very chilled. He's, he is very chilled, right? You know, it's like your kid's screaming at you and you're like, what do you call that? Free time, space time, something time. You put him in a corner. Time out, time out. And I don't know what that is. You put him in the corner, you put him in the room. Time out. We didn't call that timeout. We call that a punishment in the room and lock the door. But they call it, they gave it a psychological word called timeout, whatever it is, right? But, but, but timeout is a little bit of a push. It's like, if you're able to do that, if you're able to be macabre their energy and just let it go and you don't throw it back, it makes them crazy. Seriously, I have this with, in the street with kids when they're yelling at me, you this, you that, because I'm a rabbi and I'm rabbi, and they're screaming at me and they're screaming at me and I'm like, nice, I hear you. Here, yeah, you really are upset. I, I feel your anger, and they're like, "Then I'm getting it back." I'm not yelling back at them. They have nothing to say after that. They're like, "That's it. It's over." I'm like, "It never started." It's a big thing, it, and it, and it, mamish, mamish works. It's hard. It's hard when someone's screaming at you when a kid's being machutzit. <clears throat> Because that's not the way your father treated you. When you were mechutzev, you could chop one, right? So if this kid's a mechutzev, he should chop one too, right? It doesn't work. You know that it didn't work. Like you're the rabbi, so that's why you're here. But I'm just saying, no, but it doesn't. Today's day and age, yeah. And, and, and I'm very much into that, just like we had on the first question, that you, you have to stand your ground. This business of letting kids do whatever they want, this whole psychological side where people are preaching that if you give kids everything, you let them do what they want, it's going to work. It does not work. I have experience, and the the, the, the parents, and I again, I'm going to tell you that I don't, I've never gone through it, so I'm not judging anyone. But the parents who have kids that are off the derech, and the kids don't talk to them, and they're told that if you give your kid everything, he wants trafe, buy him trafe. She wants to wear jeans, buy her jeans. And there are people out there preaching this, right? And that way you're going to get your kid back. It's a lie. It's a band-aid. Yes, your kid will talk to you, of course. There'll be no atheist in the world if Hashem gave you everything, even when you did the wrong thing. And Hashem, hello, listen, I'm going to eat chazer. Bring me the chazer to my table. Of course I believe in you, Hashem, right? So that's not, that's not, right, it's not, make a bracha, it's not, it's not a relationship. And what happens, I have to tell you that there are two girls in my school that, that were that went through this therapy that, that the parents gave them everything. Everything. They went to a base, took them to a baseball game. They didn't want it in Yankee Stadium eat the kosher franks. They wanted the chazer trade franks. And they called this person who was giving them advice. And he said, 
It's pekuach nefesh because if you don't have a relationship, they're going to hurt themselves. They're going to commit suicide. So it's under pekuach nefesh. You have to buy them the chazer, franks, and the chocolate malted. And he went and he bought it. And if they want to bring the boyfriend into the house, you have to let them bring the boyfriend in the house and make sure you set up the room. And, you do, and I was, I'm sitting. I'm like. This is crazy. Right? You're taking your kid into you're taking your kids again. What are you doing, right? Fine. What happens from a psychological point of view? So this child is learning that whatever I want I get. Now, from from that point on, when they leave your house, these parents, right? So now they go to school. So these girls walked out of I was middle class teaching, they walked out. Whatever they wanted, they walked out. I said, What are you doing? I'm in the middle of teaching. The my parents said that I can do whatever I want whenever I want it. So, so you, you can't get a job. You can't keep you can't keep a job because you're going to do that to your to your to your. Is that your father? To your employer? He's going to kick you out. Then you're going to get married. If your husband doesn't do everything you want, and when you want to do something wrong, he's going to help you. So that whole that whole thing is it, just, it doesn't work. It's a band aid, but in life, it doesn't work. So when it comes to chinuch, you have to stand your ground. They, they became our kids became terrorists. It's like. If you don't buy me a smartphone, I'm not going to yeshiva. Now, I'm not talking about an 18 year old kid. I'm talking about a 12 year old kid. If you don't buy me an iPod, I'm not going to yeshiva. If you don't do this, I'm not. And they don't go. They go into their room. I'm not going to yeshiva. If you don't do this, I'm taking off my yarmulke. If you don't do this, I'm doing this. So it's a threat. Now, so now you have a big problem because he's not going to go to yeshiva. He's going to get depressed. We're going to have, he's going to do drugs. I'm going to lose my child. But at the same time, anyone who knows anything about terrorism, right? When you give the terrorist what he wants, he wants more. Eretz Yisrael, right? You know what happened to Eretz Yisrael? I'm not saying I was a Mayor Kahana fan, right? But Mayor Kahana said, throw them all out and don't give them anything. And they said, no, you have to give them Gaza, you know? So they got Gaza. Now they want the West Bank. Now they want East Jerusalem. Now they want the whole Israel. And all the Jews should leave, right? A terrorist doesn't stop. So when it comes to children, I know, again, it's it's very hard because it's your child. But if you don't, just like we had to show them, if you don't make a stand somewhere, it's just going to push you all over the place. So when a kid has chutzpah, right? You have to stop it. You have to say, this is my house. This is my house. This is how I run my house. If you're going to talk to your mother like that, you can't be in this house. Right? he's going to go on the street... He's going to end up who knows what. He's bringing the street into my house. Manashtana. You have to make a stand. I have a school, and I have 30 girls that were out of school for years, and everybody said there's no way that you could discipline them. I have, Rabbi, I have one, two rules in my school. That's it. Can you imagine a school with two rules? School starts at 10 o'clock in the morning. Not bad. 10 o'clock in the morning. I didn't... School almost ended at 10 o'clock in the morning for me. 10 o'clock in the morning till 3.30. I told the girls, you have to be here at 10 o'clock. At 10.01, I locked the doors. Now, these are girls who were not in school for two, three years, went through abuse, went through everything. Like, what kind of chutzpah is that you, to tell, you know? You get, if they come to school for a minute, it's a big thing. I said, no, they have to be here at 10 o'clock. And the other, the other rule in our school is that you can't sell drugs. You can't bring drugs, you can't sell drugs. Right? You can't. That's it, finished. I, never, I don't throw kids out. So, the first day we opened school eight years ago, these girls, one shows up at 11, one shows up at 12, one shows up at 1. I'm at the door at 10 o'clock. Two of them showed up at 28, at 10 o'clock, because they're, they're, there's no rules. The other girls show up, the first girl shows up late, she's there at like 10, 15. 
She's like, Rabbi, let me in. I'm like, it's past 10 o'clock. But well, I'm telling you right now, if you don't let me in this door, I am going to go and do five Averis with five different people. And I'm going to eat chaser today. And it's all going to be on your neshama. And I'm like, 10 o'clock. <laughs> what you do today is that on my neshama. It's on your neshama. If you don't come at 10 o'clock, you're not committed today. Tomorrow come to school, no problem. But you're not committed for today. You're not committed today. You can't, come, you can't be in my school. Within two weeks, every single girl was in school by 10 o'clock. It's now eight years later. They're all in school by a quarter to 10. Not one girl comes late because they know at 1001, while thinking, but I'm, I'm telling you right now, and, and the threat, I'm going to do this to myself, I'm going to do that to myself, and if I die today, because you didn't let me into school, you are never going to forgive yourself. And you're going to walk around the whole time thinking that you killed me. And I'm like, no, you killed you, I didn't kill you. 10 o'clock. So yes, in the beginning, it didn't work. Two days, three days, but discipline works. I know it's not in today, it's in today not to, but this question of chutzpah, you have a home. And you have discipline. And if you want to be part of this family, right, we give you a lot of love. On the other side, we don't treat you with chutzpah. Why Why are you treating me with chutzpah? I don't treat you with chutzpah. So you want me to be very nice to you, right? I never yell at you. And again, this is, Rabbi, if you don't set an example, if you're screaming at your kids and you're mechutzpah to your wife, then you you lost this battle. but if you represent, you say, I never yell at you and call you names. So just treat me the way I treat you. I'm not asking for anything more. If the child is not willing to do that, I know this is not a popular statement I'm about to make. You, you gotta, you gotta sit at home and worry because the first two nights the girl's not, she's gonna say, Ma, if you don't let me do this, don't let me do that, I'm leaving. And you have to say, well, then you have to leave. And then you're gonna schwitz, you're gonna schwitz, and you're gonna schwitz, but, that's no, it's not rejection. It's not rejection. So, so you chose to leave, and I told this to a bunch of women at four o'clock Friday night. There's a very big difference between punishment and consequence. Punishment is if you tell your daughter come home at eleven o'clock, and she shows up at eleven twenty, and all the doors are locked, and she's like, "Let me in," and you're like, "No, I said eleven. You can sleep on the street." Punishment. You're not allowed to do that. Consequences. Shayfula at eleven o'clock. I am locking all the doors. Okay. You need to be here by 11. Now, you're out there at a quarter to 11, and you made a decision. I'm coming at 11.20. I didn't throw you out. You made a decision. Consequence is the doors are closed. You can never point your finger at me. If I show up at a restaurant that closes at 11, what? Where is she going to sleep that night? That is not your problem. Because you know what? If you're going to keep giving in, giving in, at the end, she's going to be out there anyway. What about that 12-year-old who isn't going to yeshiva? What about the 12-year-old, Rabbi? What about the 12-year-old? That's not going to yeshiva. What are you going to do now? You're going to buy them the iPhone? You're going to let them, and they will sit. Today's kid will sit home the rest of the year. They will sit home until they get what they want. So what do you do with that kid? In Eretz Yisrael. Rabbi Chashrof should never have to. You're in Eretz Yisrael and you're very calm. You're very chilled. And your kid's like, Tati, if you don't get me this iPhone, I'm not going to yeshiva. What would you tell them? Text to you? If you don't have texting, how are you going to get it? (laughs) Another reason not to have texting. Chutzpah.
Go ahead. This is a very big question because the rabbi is very calm and I wish I had a tati, whatever, whatever. But he's very calm. So your kid is telling you, I'm not going to yeshiva tati. I love you. I'm, uh, if you don't get me this, I'm not going to yeshiva. What would you tell your son or your daughter? First of all, like I said again, shouldn't get under pressure. It's a test. I agree 100% with Robert Wallerstein that the common, the common background and everything he said is you as an adult do not be afraid of giving your boy to learn to choose with the consequences at the age of 12, which is about Gilchinach, even though it's not bar mitzvah yet, I would say to him, this is your choice, 12. Okay? But this, I'm going to exactly, he's going to go in his room, he's going to stay home for a day, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten, two months. No problem, but, and a big but, the rights that he gets at home are reducing <coughs> I mean, the rights. Rights that he, the rights that he gets at home are reducing. Reducing, not with punishment. Consequences. For instance, he wants to, uh, whatever, to ride the bike. So, look, this is my bicycle. It's the house. Here, you know, the, the age of 12, they go to him. I like this rabbi. <laughs> <laughs> and he can do everything after 4 o'clock or whatever. And wait, I, I, I give him, I'm not afraid, you took a decision, fine. Bear the consequences and nicely, not with, wow, what are you going to do? Is it this? I hear you. That's it. The, in, the inner movement is very, very important here. Not before the verbal movement. The inner movement is very important. If you do the inner movement right, the boy feels it. And you have to talk to your wife to be together with that because like the rabbi said, your wife can make, talk about it together, listen, until you have one together. You breathe in. Nothing puts me in pressure. You want to stay, stay. But the consequences, coming benefits, not gonna, he's not going to get, hey, where's my thing? Look, he took a decision, it's a consequence, but he didn't tell me, but he didn't warn me. He didn't ask. He took a decision, but the consequences, it works. The boy said, it works. It works. What can I do? It works. You do it, it works. But if inside, you're like, oh my God, oh my God, what am I going to do? Uh, listen, and the other day you tell him, uh, do what you want. Won't work. He reads the new answer. What he said in English. He reads the behind. He reads the, the tune. He reads the music. When you're gonna go together with it, that's why you have sessions with your wife, talking about yourselves and the chinuch. You get to a position where you bring back, bring out the right mode, and it works. That's what I do. Which you are talking out of fear, losing the base. Fear is motivating you. Rabbi, the rabbi said something very deep. I don't think you got it. He said the tune. When you listen to a song, there are words. Behind the words, there's a tune. That's what he's saying. The, the tune is the fear. You're so scared. What she was going to take him in. I'm never going to get a shit of fear. You have all this fear. When you work out of fear, it's the wrong reaction. It's a very, he's saying a very deep, don't, don't get crazy. Don't right away get crazy. Because then the terrorists, how, what is it, how does the terrorists win? Fear. It's just interesting in Eretz Yisrael. I remember when the Sabaro blew up and all those people got killed. I was there two weeks later, the pizza shop was open. I was like, what is wrong with these people? They, so many people died on the corner of Sabaro. And it's open and they're doing business. Because Eretz Yisrael, they know that if they show the terrorists fear, they're going to do it more and more and more. They clean up, they did what they had to, and they reopen. Once you show fear, they will push and push and push. You lost. You lost. 
He's 100 percent right. I wanted to say also with shidduchim and things. You also we have to make a chinuch decision. Where the boy will learn, what's he going to do? If you are motivated by fear of society, you're done. You're done. You're going to lose the shidduch twice. You're going to lose your son, and you're going to lose your wife. You're motivated to fear. It's a common thing today, and I think it should be amended in every path you want to take. Work on yourself. You know, not move, moving or deciding out of fear. That's very important. You should, should know. What if they buy the iPhone itself? Again, why is it different? First of all, putting the limits. I said to my son once, when he was young, you know, we spoke about things. I said to him, you know, me and you know, I have zero control on what you do out of the house. And you want to know something? I don't want to control you. You're an adult. You're going to choose. You're going to bear the consequences. But in my house, these are the limits. And I'll be happy to have you here. Even if I know the outside is different, I'm not chasing your in your in- Here, if I would know, but he buy an iPhone, I would say to him, this thing is forbidden. And it depends what age, of course. I disagree. Teenagers. Yeah, I disagree with that totally. The whole, also, I'll say what I have to say. Not with shouting. Look at him in the eyes. Listen, I want to say with you, that chat. A, B, with love. A, B, C, D. But I know I cannot force you. I'm not willing to force you. But in this house, this Tumadikazach does not come in 100%. So go live outside of the house. It hurts me. But that's what you want to do. What are the consequences? I, I think she's asking also, do you take it away from him? You cannot do it. You cannot take it away from him? I'll explain. No, let's explain. It doesn't go in the house. Right. Meaning in the house, I would take it outside. No, but he's in the house, he's in his room, and, oh. he, has, and he has the iPhone. Are you going to take it away from him? I'm going to say to him, no, I'm going to say to him, this second, this is out. I'm going to stay there for an hour doing this. He's going to take it out. I don't know if I take it out of the house. Just no, that's it. <clears throat> okay, I'm not moving. I'm, I'm, I'm a shig with that. I'll sit there. there. Now you're getting a shig. I like no, this. No, no. <laughs> I'm a shig all the we're time. Getting, we're getting there. We're yeah, getting there. No, you were very time. calm in the beginning. Now you're getting a little. It's okay. It's okay. And, and I am not. I'm a shig. I'm very determined. And they know it. And I was there for 12 hours. It has to be. It has to be people to fill up a minion. Or pick nefesh. I'll do it. I will not. I will say to him, you know something? It's mincha time now. I'm not moving away from here. Because this thing is pikuach nefesh. Take it out of the house. Take it out of the house. And I'll stay there as much as I have to. And at the end, it's going to take it out. It's never going to come again. When they experience one time, an emesdiki point, with no fear and a lot of love, bomba. It's not only the psychological, it's the amnestic Jewish point. I believe in Hashem. This is an Israel from Hashem. Hashem is expecting me not to get wild, to work on my mirrors, and to do by what I have to do. Hashem put me in this situation. What does He want me to do? Bang all over, go wild because of my fear? Well, I'm afraid of people or Hashem. What does Hashem want here? I'll do what I have to do. It works. Again, like He said here, it's, it's, very, it's very easy to say it. True, but the MS stays the MS, and you gotta stick to the MS and do the best to get there. 
great, you have a fail probably, they're great, they're not angels. They have to know that M is clear. The Rada Zeus not move a second from it. They get the sound of the Shemayim. So I just want to tell you a story, um, short, very short. <clears throat> it was, whatever, I read it. Um, so there's this very famous guy, his name is Spielberg. He has to be Jewish, he's, he's a big, Spielberg, um, Steven Spielberg. He made all the big movies, he made E.T., he made all the things. He's a multi, you know, he's a multi, multi-millionaire. So um, he's a big shot in California, he's a big shot in Hollywood, Steven Spielberg. His mother used to have a kosher restaurant um, in, in L.A. Anyway, what does that have to do with anything? Nothing. Anyway, so so I read this article, it was very fascinating. So there's a Rodeo Drive, which is the most expensive street in in L.A., there's a restaurant, very, very fancy restaurant, and there's a sign, there's a sign at the restaurant, no bare feet. You can't come into this restaurant with bare feet, you have to be wearing socks. So they have a, a, like a bouncer, a guy standing outside, you know, he's a major, he opens the door, and whatever, Spielberg shows up, he's, he's in bare feet and like slip slop, what do they call those, um, flip flops. So the kid says to Spielberg, uh, I'm sorry, but you can't, this restaurant, you can't come in that way. And Spielberg says, do you know who I am? He says, yeah, you're Steven Spielberg. He says, do you know that I could buy this restaurant now? I could write a check now and buy this restaurant and fire you? And the kid says, I know. But right now, um, the restaurant belongs to my boss and I can't let you in. And he didn't let him in. And I read this and I'm like, this is a kid, didn't let him in. I work with my boss. The, the, the rules of the house is you can't. I don't care if you're the melech of if, if you're if you're Obama. Well, Obama surely don't care, but what? <laughs> but whatever, right? And I was like, wow. If this kid was giving a, a, a class in chenoch, right, would be the best class I ever heard. These are the rules of the house. Because Baruch Hu gave us rules. These, I work for Hashem. These are the rules of the house, and the rules of the house. This is who I work for. Have to be kept. And doesn't mean that Spielberg's a bad guy. Doesn't mean that he's a low life. Doesn't mean he's no good. The rules of this restaurant. Go next door. Go to the next restaurant. Whatever it is, children need to know the rules of your house. Doesn't mean that 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 guy didn't love Spielberg. He doesn't love his movies. Loves his movies. Yeah, he would be very happy to be his best friend. But I'm working for the boss of the house. We have rules of our house, and our children need to know, like the rabbi said. That the rule, one of the rules in my house is you can't have an iPhone in the house. It's the rules of my house. Doesn't mean I don't love you. Doesn't mean that you're not special. Those are the rules of my house. This is how I bring up my house. Sure when you have a house, and we all heard this from our parents, and you bring up your own children, right? How if I would let them get it, just do whatever they want? But anyway, you'll do your rules of the house. This is my rules of the house. What if this child has it hidden? Are you supposed to uncover that you know a secret, or could you ignore it? So what happens if you, like most mommies? Um, well, read their children's diaries, but okay, we won't tell anyone in the room about that. Um, what happens if you uncover it while you just happen to be cleaning her room or his room, and you just happen to be looking under their mattress when you're cleaning for some reason? I don't know why people clean under the mattress. And, and there's an iPhone. Do you put the mattress down and make believe you don't know? Or do you tell the child, uh, I was evading your privacy yesterday, and I saw the iPhone. So I'll answer before the rabbi, the rabbi will answer. It goes back to what the rabbi said. You can't have an iPhone. I don't care if you hid it, you found it, you brought it, how it got into the room. If I feel it's a dangerous thing, if, my, if I found a gun, 
It's a bomb ticket. Or a knife underneath her mattress. Would I take it away or would I just leave it there? Of course, you wouldn't leave it there. So, yeah. Mommy cares enough about you. Why were you looking through my stuff? Maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was right. But because I care about you. But Lamai said, like he said, I found a bomb. I should just let it blow up. What do you think, Rabbi? 100%. I'm sorry, there's no... I agree. What's the next thing? I tell my kids, my kids, my mother's house. Yeah, you have to all hear what you're asking, otherwise it doesn't work. I respect the privacy, your door is yours, but periodically I reserve the right to open it up and check if there's anything I don't like inside. I send you a diary. So we have a young mother saying that she tells her children, your privacy is yours, but it's not really yours because... I reserve the right to go into your room and go through your stuff. No, not searching. Not searching, just happen to find things that are under the carpet and in your pajama pocket. And right. So, but, 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 so the mice, if you find, I have to tell you, so I have to tell you a story. Again, I'm not, I'm not going to get to the right or wrong of this. Because this really goes to our first question, and this is just as big as that question. I have to tell you that um, we saved a girl's life because her mother read her diary. And had her mother not read her diary, she would no longer be here in this world. And even though it's not right to, to invade privacy, but in that case, it might have saved this kid's life. So again, can I get up here and tell you to go through your kid's diary? And it's a, it's a private thing, whatever it is. I can't tell you to break their trust. But on the other hand, if you suspect that the child is going through something, then you better read the diary. Then you better read the diary. Part of the Siyat What? Part of the Siyat Tashmai. What, reading a diary? There you go. Another question. All right, we have a good question from the men's side. He knows. He knows. He just knows how to stir me up. He knows. <laughs> so he's saying. He's saying we got a problem here. Here's the problem. This boy who told Spielberg you can't wear sandals without socks, right? The boy himself is wearing sandals without socks. So no, he's not an outsider. He's part of the restaurant, or he lets another man walk past Spielberg in. So he's saying, you're giving this whole speech, it's poison, it's just you're, in your house, it's poison, yeah? and the father himself has it. So the rabbi, ra- what do you mean you can't do that? 90% of the guys sitting on this side, well, your husbands have smartphones for business. They have it for business. So what do you mean you can't do it? You're telling your kid, this is my rule, you can't bring it into the house, this is my house. And they're like, well, Tati has one, and you're like, well, Tati's an adult, and he needs it for business. And I spoke about this. That makes the least sense of anything, because if Tati's an adult, and he's like a really from guy, and you're telling me there's stuff on this phone that's really, really bad, and Tati's smarter than I am, why would he have something that's bad? I'm not so smart. I might have something that's bad because I'm a kid. So they don't buy that answer. They don't. If you think they buy that answer, it's the same thing when guys drink, Right? At a, at, a, at a bar mitzvah, they drink and drink, and then their kids 
are drinking and they're 14 and I'm like what are you doing and they're like well my father drinks and when the father, I go to the father and the father says but I'm, a, I'm an adult in America after 21 you can drink the kid's like it's my father who's a geschmacky guy and he's a great guy right and he's a smart guy and he learns and he can drink right and it's, if it's a bad thing why would he do something that's bad I'm a kid they don't understand that at all so so Rabbi he's asking you a question he says yes in your house you can stand there through mincha, through shakras, through musaf, through everything and say, because, because you don't have a phone. But what, is, but what is this father going to do? What is he going to do with his son who has this phone? He can't stand there and say, this is not allowed in my house. But Tati, you and mommy have it and you're both in the house. We don't bring it in the house. We it outside. There are two levels. The music level and the practical okay. I can tell you for instance in my house before I speak on the phones I'm going to speak just the principle behind the things there are no, no newspapers in the house you're extreme I'm not my kids know I despise because it's irrelevant they know I share my time is precious but if they want a newspaper I'll buy them a, a kosher which Take money, buy in your room. You read it. When you finish, the trash is out. Don't be mezakeh rabim with this. Put it in the trash. Either save it in your cupboard. No problem. What is mito? Is mito? You can use it. Shkoyach. It's not on the table in the living room. We don't, and we don't shout. They feel we. It's disgusting. Putting energies in what's happening outside. What's happening under your nose? Know what's going on there? Nice outside means no, no nice inside. You stay stiff. You dry out. You waste your time. We don't give these lectures to our kids. We live it that way. I'm not being perfect. My house is perfect. We have our issues. We have our problems. We make our mistakes. But we know the ends. And we're heading there. You can ask when you find. You have a new You can find my kids around. Ask them. You have no, my father does not read these things. No, I don't. Well, what do we do with the phone? Okay, now get to the phone. There's a very accurate definition for me as a Belzer from the Belzer what is allowed and what is not allowed. And also what is allowed is very, very defined. It's a bit avid, should be the avid, should be the avid, should be the avid. A hetel in the office, in the hours of working, only when it is Humesunan. But it's a bediyeh, but the music is, it, it's nothing. If you have to do it, there are certain rules. I don't hold a computer in my house. I don't have text, and this phone is, use a normal phone, I don't use it. My wife goes once a day to the office, one hour. The kids know there's a computer in the office, because the roof said that only in the office it could be, and it's filtered. And they know that mommy goes there, because she has to, you know, she hates being there, because she likes to be home. I walk in, we do. And the rules said so. So that's what I'm answering. If you use a stick iso, you're out of the game. You can't play. There's no, I'm 21. You have a dust toilet, and you stick to it, not because, because I want to do what's in Hashem. And if my rabbi tells me, this is what's in Hashem, it's with the Aved, should be the Aved. So for me, it's with the Aved, should be the Aved, and the kid's going to feel it. But if I take the with the Aved, like, oh, Hashem, it's with the Aved. But inside, oh, it's with the Aved. No way. 
Bekitzer. Bekitzer, for the end of the day, when you go for Gdoni Sir, Be'emes, from the outside and from the inside, no problem. Don't get into this problem. And if you do have an iPhone, make true and throw it away. <laughs> Everybody's clapping, but they still have their iPhone. Okay. <laughs> I, I had, Rabbi, I had a story in Arnav. I gave a share. This is this is my, and I'm not going to talk about it now. But this is this is my this is my baby. This is what I talk about a lot. I talk a lot about I talk a lot about the internet, and I talk a lot about this. Stuff. Everyone, everyone that's here knows knows my feelings on it. So I was asked to, I'm asked to speak about um, the internet and technology a lot, and I walked into a Beisakov school in Flatbush. And they had the parents of the high school. It was a high school for girls. That all the parents were there to hear Rabbi Wallstein talk about the dangers of the internet. And I walked in, and I got up in front of all of them, and I took out my phone. This is my phone. It's not a smartphone. Extremely learning disabled. This phone. <laughs> um, there's nothing smart about it. There's nothing smart. You can't. You can sit here all day and go like this. Stays the same size. Doesn't help. <laughs> Doesn't work. So I took out this phone. I stood in front of all these people who came for a whole big share. And I'm like, anyone who doesn't have a phone like this but has a smartphone, you can leave. What, what, am, I, what am I talking to you about? Because at the, at the end of the day, I can tell you this, that if you have one, with all your mices, I need it for business. And, 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 and Rabbi Wallstein, do you know how many more people you could reach if you had Facebook? And, and, and you're, you're not living with the times. There's some people in this room right now that are looking at me and they're cringing because they're very into technology. And Mary Wallstein, you are a caveman rabbi. There is technology. It's here. It's here to stay. And you can't fight it. It's like a tank running over you. You can keep showing your silly little phone, but it's not going to work. And we have to get to our... We have to... Right. Because we know... We know, Rabbi, you have to hear this because you're kind. I gave a tissue of shit to my boys. And this new kid showed up at the share the week before Tisha B'Av. Tisha B'Av was 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 Monday Shabbos Sunday. I get my share Tuesday night. Torah anytime. By the way, I just want to say something because he's here, Ruben. Torah anytime deserves the biggest hakaros. But I, I didn't tell you why. I didn't tell you why. And by the way, I started right. We started together. We, we started together. So I want, I want to tell you. Why, so I want to tell you why. Right. So so you have a tiny. You have a tiny. And people tell any time the best. What is it? The best on the internet. What, the what? God's reason for the internet. Right. I don't know if that's really, but okay. But anyway, God's reason for the internet. So the tiny to them was that you can't get the share unless you have internet. Right. It's a good tiny. So we have call Hashem. Right. So Baruch Hashem, Ruven was a tzaddik. They, they really are. All of them are. And he came up to me and says, Rabbi, you know, there are a lot of people who don't have iPhones. We know that you don't like iPhones and they don't have smartphones. So we did a lot of work. And today, or it's happening very soon or today, that they, you, you call in with your phone and you can get every single share. You don't need an iPhone to get the share. Anymore. So there's a very big machlikus and, and uh, I'm really rubbing someone the wrong way. And I know who. The very big, there's a very big machlokes about technology, and the, the kids are on there anyway, and they're going to the wrong sites anyway. And Rabbi Wolfstein, you ha- you have to face it. You're just a, you're you're 
you're a dinosaur. And, and, and the whole question of dinosaurs, were they before Nostev or not? But know what they're a dinosaur, right. But they, you, you don't understand. They're, 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 and I was listening to some rabbis that were, that were even here. They were talking about they have, they have sites and mices and millions and trillions. And I'm thinking to myself, one kid, one person goes online and ends up becoming an atheist or chas v'shalom gets abused by a pedophile all your technology and reasons and rabbis and shiurim and questions worthless answer to Hashem with all your positive stuff on that side where did you have a right to sacrifice that child so if you need it for business, and the belt of is right, if you need it for business, then leave it in your office. Don't. I can't say it the way you guys say it, like a lip-fuck, right? But leave it in your office. Because if you bring it home, I'm telling you right now, if you bring it home, and listen, there are people right now sitting here taking pictures of me with their iPhone and recording it with their iPhone. If you're going to bring that home, kids do not do what you tell them. They do what they see. Kedoshim to you. Why does Hashem say? He could just tell you, be Kaddish. He says, no, I can't ask you to be Kaddish. Ki Kaddish Ani. I set the example. Even though I'm God, I can't tell you what to do unless I do it first. Ki Kaddish Ani. So if you're going to have a smartphone, your child will have a smartphone. 12, 14, 16, 18, they're going to get married just to get a smartphone. <laughs> Why'd you marry? Why'd you get married? Because I knew at home I couldn't have one. Now I have my own house. I can have a smartphone. Right? Yeah, I'm saying. And then they're married to the smartphone. 100. Everyone's married to the smartphone, right? So, so again, I am prehistoric. I am prehistoric, 100. percent But I, I'm the guy that I once got pulled over by a state trooper on Route 17, and all my kids were not in seatbelts. My wife and all my kids were not in seatbelts, and he pulled me over. I just came out of a red. I don't know. I had an excuse for not doing it, but whatever. And he came up with those, you know, and they come out with the trooper with the big light oh. in your eyes. And I told him, I said, put it in the seatbelt, put it in the seatbelt. They're all fumbling. It didn't work. And he says, you're getting five summonses. Five summonses, you lose your license. And, and I said, sir, uh, sir, call him sir. I'm sir, I, I mean, you give me my wife. I just came out. We, they were really in it, but we went to get gas. And then, and my, he said, step out of the car, sir. I'm like, oh no, I didn't. I said, I was so good. Get into my cruiser. I'm like, I'm done. Cruiser, state trooper. I sit down. He says, I didn't want to embarrass you in front of your children. He says, Mr. Wallerstein? I'm like, yes, sir. Do you know what I do for a living? I'm like, yes, sir. You're a New York state trooper. He says, but do you know what I do for a living? I'm like, yes, sir. You're a New York state trooper. He says, no. He says, after accidents, I scrape bodies off the asphalt. Little children and people who are not in their seatbelts, sir. So when I look at your children in the back seat, I see bodies on the asphalt. You're getting five summonses. I did not want to say this in front of your children. I was like, yes, sir. <laughs> I knew somebody and, you know, we made a deal. Whatever. But, but the point, the point is, that when he looks at a kid in the back seat, not in a seatbelt, he sees a child on the highway, not alive. When you look at the back seat, you see a bunch of kids playing. Ah, I get nauseous, mommy, don't make right. He sees a whole different story. So I understand why people don't understand me. 
And they're like, Rabbi Wallerstein, why do you think Hashem um, created tech, the, 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 the internet? And I'm like, Satan did not Hashem. Who told you Hashem created the internet? Maybe the Satan created the, the internet. Who said Hashem created the internet? But anyway, at the end of the day, I'm the guy who cleans up the asphalt. The girl that's laying in a hospital who's brain dead because a bunch of Colombians found her on the internet and she thought that they were answering questions, whatever. The people who heard my share, uh, I'll take anyone who has a who has an iPhone to, to visit her with her eyes backwards and you see what she looks like. So when I see that, I'm like, yeah, it's a joke. You have the internet, shiurim, and Aisha Torah, and questions and all that. We sacrificed one of ours. We sacrificed more than one. It just happened in L.A. So you're going to give your kids something that has for shalom. And let's talk about all the divorces and all the stuff that goes on where guys are watching stuff that they shouldn't watch. How many? How many? You know, I said Hashem, I'm sorry, Rabbi, that I'm doing this. When I said before I walked in Hashem, whatever's supposed to happen here, it should happen. And, and, and this was not definitely supposed to be what I'm about to say. But do you know how many phone calls I get today from women who just got married, who found on their husband's iPhone pornography, and they want to be divorced because they must be addicted? So they have in Lakewood support groups for this, right? And we try to explain to the ladies that, you know, see, it's a horror and a time event doesn't mean they're addicted and we're going to get therapy, we're going to work on it. So, yes, we're done. One second. No, no, we're not done. Five minutes left for the Q&A. Fit a minute for the question and answer left. And then um, you can take something to Nash and please head over to the Bismedrish. Okay. So Kiro to starting with Rabbi Wallerstein. So Wallerstein. I'm starting. Yeah. It's 12:45 exactly. Okay. On time. And, and anyway, because, sorry, because of the babysitting, we have to we have to finish on time. We want to make sure if all the babies are happy. Excellent. So anyway, just to finish off, just to finish off my remarks. So when you are the when you are the state trooper that cleans this up, I know. I see ladies here with iPhones. I see guys with iPhones, and it's it, it, it's 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 nothing. It looks like nothing. What can happen? An iPhone, right? It breaks marriages. It hurts children. So so as long as you can protect them for as long as you can, right? Surely if you have it, it has to be, it has to have um, a filter. But we have to protect our kids as long as we can. But if the rabbi's house, Baruch Hashem, has this, but if you have an iPhone, your kid will have an iPhone. So I think that was a fantastic question. How do you take away something and tell a kid, I can't have it in my house if you have it in the house? I don't have an answer for you, Rabbi. I don't have an answer. If you have it in the house, the rabbi's telling his kids, my house is Kaddosh. I don't have these things in my house. So how does the Tati answer the child? How does the Tati answer the child when he's, he's got the big iPhone and his kid, and he's like, you can't have this in my house. Rabbi, I don't, I, I don't know what to say. What, what could you answer? You're a hypocrite. What are you going to answer? No answer. There's no chinuch. When you're a hypocrite, there's no chinuch. You can't do anything. You're paralyzed doing. You cannot be moshpia. What can you do? Like I said, you have to do tshuva. I'm sorry, I'm not saying here. You cannot do what's forbidden to do and work with it. Toivu does not work. Never. And like the rabbi said here, an am in Israel starts for saying streaks, creating the bodies for 20 years of people that were being trying to be Emma's stands Shaker does not stand you work with the Emma's you have a siyata you're trying to work both ways you lose both Emma's
So he asked something very good. I know exactly what you asked. He's saying, one second, a car, a car, right, when you're 16, 17, you can have a license. Until then, you can't have a license. A knife, you can't give to a kid, but you give to an adult. So he's saying, one second, I'm an adult. So children have to understand, like a car. It's certain, it's a certain age you can get that. It's a very good question. It's asked me all the time, but it's a very silly, not, you're not silly. The question is very silly. A car is not bad. A car doesn't have pornography on it. A knife doesn't Drugs. have pornography. But, right, drugs are always bad, whether you're 16, 18, or 40. The iPhone has so much bad. Forget about the Lushan Hara on all these groups where they're all, in one second, they can embarrass. Right? So, filter it, right? The problem with filtering it is that I, I, I'm paying right now, I, I just stopped, I'm paying a boy in a yeshiva that gets $25 for each kid that he breaks their filter. He's a brilliant from kid. He breaks every single filter. And in yeshiva, and it's a very chashiv yeshiva, you all know it. He, I found out about it. He gets 25 bucks a kid. He's a geshmaka kid. He's very smart. I told him he's going to work for the FBI one day. Maybe he's the one that talked about, did it for the FBI, you know? It all begins in your Amazon All these questions, this is the root You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.